There is nothing like the presence of the Lord. And I, I can tell you this, he's here. You know, the Bible says when you're gathered in his name, there is he in your midst. But you know, here's the reality of your life. Nothing, the Bible says, can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And the reason why is because you're in Christ, right? You're in Christ, if so be his spirit dwells in you. So tonight, I hope you know you are in the right place at the right time. You have a right spirit and you have the greater one on the inside of you who will lead you and guide you every step of God's plan for your life. All things are possible to every one of us in here. It doesn't matter what's happened to you in your past. It doesn't matter how you've maybe messed up or if somebody else has hurt you. It doesn't even matter where you are at mentally here tonight. Listen, you could make a decision to trust God with everything that you are. You can let go of your life. Stop trying to overcome things in your own strength. Stop trying to be this person that you think you need to be in your own strength and just yield to him because he loves you. Nothing can separate you from his love. It's amazing. So tonight I just want to talk to you guys a little bit. You know, I was with the men and on Tuesday, well actually on Monday night, actually all day Monday, and then Monday night, it exploded in my spirit, this scripture in Psalm 55, 22, and we, we'll get to that tonight. But the Bible talks about how that we are immovable in Christ. Do you realize that you have been redeemed to reign in life? You are to have full and superior dominion as you walk in the Zoe life of God through your natural life. You're not to walk like a mere human. You are to literally walk just like Jesus walked when he was on the earth. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that tonight. You've been redeemed. Take your eyes off what you've done. Put your eyes on what Jesus has done because what Jesus has done has placed you in a position to receive everything that he has given you and i'm telling you he's given you everything everything you don't have to you you don't have to yield to wrong things you don't have to settle a believer should never settle god gave you his best in jesus Everything that produced that is that produced that is produced out of redemption is best. God, the Bible says, every good and every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of Lights. So we're going to forget about how it's going to come. We're going to forget about what it looks like in the natural because it doesn't matter. If you look at your life and go, "There's absolutely no way that what I'm really needing." desiring can happen who cares because he makes a way where there is no way and i've got to tell you he's god right he's not buddha right he's not muhammad he's god he he literally stands at the beginning and tells you what's going to happen now we understand this more than any other generation in the church because it's all happening Bible prophecy is just all happening all over the place. It's, it's amazing how everything God said would happen is happening. It's amazing. Do you, do you know how many countries, how many nations have fallen and went away and then became a nation again? In human history, only one, and that was Israel. And God prophesied it would happen way, way before it ever happened. It's, it's really kind of amazing. Why do I say that? Because he has redeemed you. And every word that he has spoken in his word, you can bet your life on it. Because it, it, it will, I mean, I mean, it's truth. It's not subject to change. 
Whether or not you grab hold of it, that's up to you. But it, it will work. The word of God will work for everyone. Everyone. Amen? So go to 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's jump off here. 1 Peter chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 18. And let's talk about some stuff tonight. I'll try to contain myself. I'm just going to relax. I need to have some of these Google Masters find a clock that goes slower. That would be awesome in my life. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. It says, for as much as you know, so this is something God's saying that you are to know, that you were not redeemed with corruptible things. The example of corruptible things, silver and gold. You were not redeemed because you had enough money to get yourself redeemed, right? You were not redeemed from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. In other words, it doesn't matter what family you've been born into or anything else. There's nothing, there's no family high enough that, that could just automatically just get you in. You were not redeemed with that, right? But, verse 19, you were redeemed with the precious blood, look at this, of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. The creator of all things laid down his godly attributes, clothed himself in flesh, and was born as a virgin. He came into this world legally, and he operated in this world as a man anointed by God. He never sinned. He lived a perfect life. He was the perfect sacrifice because the wages of sin is death. And it took the death of a perfect sacrifice. And it, the life, his life, this perfect life is in his blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. And his blood redeemed you. That means a ransom was paid, right? To get you out of where you were, spiritual death, under the delegated influence of darkness, under the curse, he bought you out of that and he placed you into, to be redeemed, you're taken out of one place and put in another, you are now put in Christ in his kingdom. That's where you are right now. Now you could say, well, it sure doesn't feel like it. Well, it can if you'll just make him your everything. You will become amazingly aware that you're in the kingdom of God and you're not under the delegated influence of darkness. Right? Christ redeemed you and I with his life. And now you belong to him. You're his. Is, I mean, that's, that's amazing. In a very short period of time, you will stand before your great redeemer and you will spend eternity with him. And for eternity, you're going to get to know him and, and I mean, guys, eternity, what God has in store for us, it's, it's going to take ages for God to show us the incredible riches that we've been given. You are redeemed, and the fact that you're redeemed gives you the authority, the power, everything to reign in your life in every area of your life. So let's jump over to Hebrews chapter 9. Let's talk about this a little, let's go a little deeper on this. Widen this out just a little bit more. Hebrews chapter 9, let's look at verse 12. Hebrews 9, 12 says this, neither by, now this word by, it could be translated by, I think a closer translation of this Greek word would be through. So you could say neither by or through the blood of goats and calves, but by or through his own blood, he entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption. 
So now this is getting a little bigger, right? So I've been redeemed from the curse. He redeemed me. Now I'm finding out in Hebrews, let's go a little deeper. He eternally redeemed me because he took his blood and he entered one time into this tabernacle in heaven. We're going to see it. And in that tabernacle, there's an Ark of the Covenant with a mercy seat on it. And he went in as yours and my high priest and he put his blood once and for all and that blood did not cover like the blood of bulls and goats. It erased. All of your sin was once and for all, Romans chapter 8 says, it was once and for all condemned in the body of Jesus. Once and for all. Never to be opened again. Aren't you glad when you stand before the holy God, you're going to stand before him holy? Not because of you. Not because of me, but because of what Jesus did. He paid the price. Your sin has been erased. That's amazing. Right? I have been redeemed by his blood. His blood in his redemptive work has produced in me a perfect righteousness. He was made to bear all my sin so that I would literally be made the very righteousness of Almighty God in him. His blood produced a perfect righteousness that, what does it do? That breaks condemnation, guilt, and shame. It breaks it all. It breaks everything off of you that would mess with your mind, which is your control center. We talk about the blood of Jesus. We talk about, yeah, our sins are forgiven, but we don't realize it's not just that they were washed away. Listen, because you've been made righteous, everything that is messing with your mind, the power's been broken off of it. That's why there is no guilt no shame, no condemnation to those that be in Christ. Why? Because his blood, the Bible, the New Testament term is not just forgiveness. It goes way beyond. It's called remission. He not only erased your sin, but he took care of everything that would mess with your mind. You can walk free in your mind, which is your control center. As you implant the word in your heart, it brings wholeness to your soulish realm, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. The power of sin is broken. Sin consciousness, the power of it's been broken off your life. You don't have to live conscious of sin anymore. Well, why do so many live conscious of their sin? Well, they're choosing it. Many are choosing it because they don't know any different. It just makes sense. But here's the deal, guys. The shame of sin will drag you back into sin. And God has broken it all off you. What, what are we talking about? We're even talking about faith. Because, man, when you have guilt and shame and condemnation and all this stuff, you are trying to be good enough to get God to do something for you and it doesn't work that way. Because you couldn't be good enough. Right? Are you worthy? Yes. Because of you? No. Because of me? No. We've been made worthy, the Bible says, by what Jesus did. So that's why we live by the faith of God. It's his faith. I'm his. Everything about me is in him so I could walk free so that when sickness attacks my body, when, when doubt and unbelief, when sin, when addictions, when depression, anxiety, fear comes my way, I just say, no, I've been redeemed. It's not, it has no power over my life. Yeah, but don't you feel it? Yeah, who cares? 
When I feel it, what do I do? I tell my feelings. No, 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 no. You come in line. I, I don't fear. There is no fear. Depression, anxiety, panic attacks. You leave my body. You leave my mind. You get out of here. Loneliness. No, you're a spirit. Get out of here. Right? And I start to walk and start to understand my authority in Christ. That I have, in Christ, absolute mastery over Satan's ability and over all of his satanic authority, and nothing shall by any means hurt me because he's given me his name, and he made me righteous, and he redeemed me by his blood. I am his. So sin will never dominate me. Guilt and, guilt and shame will never dominate me. I'm not going to condemn myself anymore. I'm going to keep his word in my mouth. God looks at you as if sin never existed before. You know why? Because it doesn't exist in your life. Now, can you yield to your flesh and walk in a sinful or an unrighteous behavior? Yes. If you choose not to renew your mind, has that ever happened to anybody? Where you just kind of, you, you decided to do something you knew, you knew it was wrong, right? Yeah, but it was just so hard. No, it's not. Nope, the only reason why it feels hard is because you're feeding the wrong thing. But if you feed on the word of God and renew your mind, your spirit will get strong, your mind will be renewed, and when your flesh says, hey, I want to do this, both of you will go, no! And your flesh will go, okay. Right? And Satan will throw thoughts, and every time he throws a thought, the word will come out, and you just take it captive. No, I don't believe that. Nope, Satan, no. Right? This is how you walk by faith. I have faith in his blood. I rest my case in his blood. Right? What do you mean by that, Pastor? When something comes against me, I'm like, hold on a second. I plead the blood. Blood was shed. So therefore, that money has to come. Blood was shed. Sickness and disease has to leave. Blood was shed. I rest my case. God, the Father, who's my dad, is the judge. Who's my attorney? Jesus. And no matter what anybody accuses me of, Jesus is like, well, wait a minute. Father, he's right. I shed blood for that. And I'm over here going, I rest my case in the blood. In the mouth of two witnesses, let it be established. Right? So it really, the enemy has no place anymore in my life. Could that really be true? It is true. It is true. There is power in the blood of Jesus. So now you're in Hebrews. Let's look at verse 13 now. Verse 13 and 14. For if the blood of bulls and of goats... And the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge. This word purge means to cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. The blood of Jesus, through the eternal spirit, offered himself, and that blood purges, it cleanses your conscience so that now you can serve God. Why are many Christians not serving God? Because they don't know this. Or they're too busy with their life. I just want to do my own thing. And they're living their life as if they're their own Lord, and it stinks to live that way. Because you, you, it's so far below where God wants you to be. Look at this. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge or cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Wow. See, the blood of Christ has the power to reach into your conscience. Wow. 
What does it do in there? It silences the voice of self-condemnation. It will silence the voice that's condemning you. Nobody on the planet condemns you more than you. Right? And it, you need to hear this tonight because the walk of faith, why is it a rest? Why is it a rest? Because, man, I know I'm okay. It's all about him. He positioned me. I don't have to stress. The battle's already been won. Now, it looks like it's still waging. It may feel like it's still raging, but it's not. It's over. Jesus said, it is finished. It's finished. Yeah, but pastor, this addiction is so real. Yes, it's real deceptive. And you really have complete authority over it. You gotta know that. Bible says, whoever the son hath, past tense, made free, is free. Is indeed free. When did Jesus make you and I free? Almost 2,000 years ago. And today, that means we are free today. So how do we walk in that freedom? We got to walk around saying we're free. Amen. Right? Amen. You have trouble smoking? Well, just start every time you light that cigarette. Don't, don't condemn yourself. Just, like, just, just light the cigarette. And while you're puffing on it, go, Father, I thank you that I'm free from smoking. Amen. I'm free from smoking. Oh, that's crazy. Well, just do it. Because your words will hand you freedom from smoking. I'm telling you, this is mind-boggling. You could even like a Brussels sprout. I'm not there yet, but I'm a work in progress, okay? I'm not even so sure I want to go there, but anyway, whatever. The blood of Christ has the power to remove sin, but also... It has the power to remove the guilt, the shame, and the condemnation of sin, which is eating, eating believers up. We don't talk about it, right? Why, why do some people not treat other people well? It, it's not because they ticked me off and I'm not treating them well. It's all, almost always because I'm really not happy with myself. So my actions and my behavior is coming out of this just frustration. I'm here to tell you God's got rid of all that. Because, man, when you're free, you're just like, wow, God loves me. It's amazing. You, you, you're like a duck. Everything just rolls off you. It just rolls off you because you're like, when somebody tries to smack you, you're like, I wonder what's going on in their life, man. I need to pray for them. Because, right? Yeah, yeah. Your confession and faith in the blood causes you to become blood conscious instead of sin conscious. Your confession and your faith in the blood. I have faith that the blood of Jesus Christ completely redeemed me. It erased my sin, and it broke the power of guilt, shame, and condemnation off me. I have faith in that. That's how I walk by faith. I have faith in the blood. Not only has he forgiven all my iniquities, but because of the blood, he's healed all of my diseases. So they have no legal right in my body anymore. And I'm going to stand and I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to see them run as in terror from me. Right? You got to be blood conscious. When you're blood conscious, what you're doing, when you're conscious, when you live your life conscious that blood has been shed, the blood of God has been shed for me, you will honor the blood. You will show honor to it. Father, I thank you. Lord Jesus, I thank you. Father, I thank you for sending your son who shed blood for me. For Jesus, I thank you that you came willingly and you died so that I could have your life. You honor the blood. When you do that, it enables the Holy Spirit to work in you and to work through you. 
That's why so many people, things are so confusing because you're handing yourself a bunch of nonsense with your mouth. Guys, the Bible, the, what Adam did brought death upon man, but that cannot be compared to what Jesus did when he brought Zoe life to man. So don't ever compare it. There's no comparison. God's mercy is so much greater than your disobedience. God's word to deliver and heal you is so much greater than anything the enemy could ever do. In the New Testament, the blood of Christ, it brings forgiveness and it removes the sin consciousness. You're redeemed from sin, the guilt of sin, the shame of sin, and the condemnation of sin. Wow. The guilt of sin, the shame of sin, this, this condemnation of sin is sin consciousness. And you could walk free from it. You need to make up your mind that I refuse to be sin conscious. That's why 1 John 1, 9 is so important. I mean, if you really study the Greek words, it doesn't just say if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It literally says if you continually, if you continually confess your sins. It's in the continual tense, right? Why? God wants you to maintain fellowship with him. Your relationship will never be broken, right? Your spirit can't sin. When you sin, it's your unrenewed mind siding with your flesh and you do a sinful or an unrighteous behavior and, and God, that, that breaks fellowship. It doesn't break relationship. He's still there. It just breaks fellowship, right? How does it break fellowship? Because you're walking away from him. So what does the Holy Spirit, what does he do? He's wooing you back. The blood of Christ produces a righteousness consciousness in you. Wow. What that does is it brings your faith, your ability to be firmly persuaded that if God said it, it's mine. It brings your faith to a higher level of expectation. And that's what, that's what we need. Your faith has to be at the highest level of expectation. If you're, if you're desiring something and you have Bible for it, oh my goodness, your expectation, you should be living your life going, is it, is it here? Is it here? Is it here? Right? Because why? Because you know how good he is and you're seeing how much he really loves you. Why does, why does it take some people longer to lay hold on things than others? The Bible doesn't answer that question. But we do know this. It's not because God's holding out. It's all, he's already given it to us. So laying hold, there, sometimes it takes longer to bring it in this realm, maybe? I don't know. I would venture to say it's more on us. So go all in. Go all in with God because all things are possible. I mean, look at some of these Old Testament examples. Do you think God loved Joshua more than he loves you? You know, God told Josh, which really is, is for us too, Joshua 1.5, he said, listen, Josh, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. No man will ever be able to stand before you and block you from doing what I've called you to do. So he's in a battle one day, and they're kicking butt. But do you know the way battle was back then, when the sun went down, both armies went back to their camps, and then they came and fought the next day. So Josh is like, wait a minute, we're kicking their butt. I don't want this thing to end. So he literally looked up at the sun and commanded it to stop. And the Bible says that God stopped, we know now scientifically, he stopped the whole universe. It said on that day, the God of heaven hearkened to the voice of a man. Well, why did he do that? Really, he was hearkening to himself. He's like, wow, look at that. He believes that I'll stop the whole universe. I mean, you can just imagine Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they're looking at each other going, that's awesome. Yep, sun stop, right? God 
I mean, Joshua was his servant. You're his child. You're one with him. Isn't that amazing? The Holy Spirit was not, he wasn't in Joshua. Joshua dared to just believe God. Oh, and we know him. So let's look at Colossians real quick. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. So the New Testament word for forgiveness is remission. Okay? It's, it's, the, it's literally this Greek word. We're going to go into this. It says, giving thanks, verse 12 of chapter 1 of Colossians. Giving thanks unto the Father. It, it's giving thanks. It's the Greek word eucharisto. It literally means constantly giving thanks to the Father, which what? hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. It's a little vague in the King James English. He hath made us, made us. He qual that Greek word means he qualified us. Meet or able to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light. God, through Christ, qualified you to partake of salvation. Isn't that amazing? You couldn't have done it on your own. Jesus had to come. Wow. So we constantly give thanks for that. See, we look at redemption like, you know, yeah, redemption, yeah, but pastor, don't talk about redemption because I'm already saved. I want to go into the deeper things of faith. We are. Because when you understand redemption... It raises your expectancy of faith. If you don't understand, see, why does a Christian not live a life of thanksgiving? Because the Bible says if you have revelation knowledge that God himself sent his son and qualified you to be able to partake of the whole inheritance, you're going to constantly give thanks. You get in financial trouble, what do you do? Father, I thank you. That Jesus is heir of all things. All things include the earth and the fullness. And you said, I'm a fellow heir with Christ. Everything he has is mine. So Father, I thank you now. Because although these bills seem looming, right now, Father, I just believe I received the money to pay them and to pay somebody else's bills. Right? I love this. Let's keep going. Verse 14, jump to verse 14. In whom we have redemption. In whom we have. It's the Greek word echo. In whom we have, in whom we hold. That Greek word means to hold. In whom we possess redemption. Wow. Redemption. A releasing because a payment was made. You were released from bondage. You were released from spiritual death. You were released from sickness and disease, poverty and lack. You were released from all of the curse of the law because of redemption. And you were picked up and you were put into God's kingdom. That's why all of his, all of his promises are in Christ, yes, and in Christ, so be it unto you. It couldn't be any other way because you're in Christ. Isn't that, isn't that good news? The blood of Jesus, it not only deals with the sin, it deals with sin consciousness. I love this. The death of Christ destroyed everything that you and I were in Adam. We are new creatures in Christ. And it is time that this, I mean, the Bible says that the whole creation is, is yearning for the sons of God to be revealed in the earth. Right? The Holy Spirit, that's what he does is pull on the outside who you really are on the inside. Don't, don't look at the facts of your life and think that's who you are. Look at the truth of God's word to determine who you are. Because otherwise you won't see it. The death of Christ destroyed all that we used to be in Adam. Wow. See, the blood, it speaks of the death and resurrection of Christ. 
God the Father now sees you in Christ through the blood. He sees you as you really are, a new creature. We get so caught up in who we are outwardly. God sees who you really are. When, and the Bible talks about, listen, if you, it's the goodness of God that will lead a person to change. It's when you see and get revelation that, wow, he made me righteous. That's where all your behavior flows out of. So you, you could overcome anything. You could walk holy before the Lord. Why is, why is God so hindered in the body of Christ right now? Because his children are walking so carnally. Right? And why are they doing that? Because they don't really know who he is and they don't really know who they are. And we don't need to go sit and listen to, to spiritual truths that are twisted because we compare them to natural things. So God can't heal everybody because, you know, sister so-and-so loved God with all of her heart and she died of sickness and disease, so it just can't be true. Well, now time out. I wish you could talk to sister so-and-so in heaven. She'd be like, you know, I just missed it. Or I just didn't lay hold. Some people are like, you know what? I started getting a glimpse over there and I didn't want to stay. Other people are like, you know, I didn't know. But man, when they, see, people, when they first get to heaven, I bet people are walking around going, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, but they're not bummed about it. Okay, I missed a few years, right? This is pretty good up here. Jesus is like, you want to go back? No. Right? Right? But for those of us who know, don't leave the planet early. And don't live on this planet under the tyranny of Satan because he's been defeated. We got to hear this all the time. See, God the Father now sees you in Christ. The blood of Christ, it literally has brought you and I into the very presence of God. Do you realize tonight you are in the presence of God? Everywhere you go, you are in the presence of God. Isn't that amazing? Look at Colossians 1.20. It says, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Jesus made peace through the blood of his cross. He made peace. What does that mean? Peace between God and man. Man was God's enemy. He, was, he had the nature, the sin nature in him. He was dead and separated from God. But then Jesus came and now there's peace. I mean, in this whole dispensation of the age of grace, God's not holding man's sins against him anymore. The worst, what we would call the worst sinner on the planet, the only thing between him and a holy God is Jesus. His sin is not being held against him. I mean, think about that. Because we sit here and go, God, look at what these people are doing. That's evil. You need to come deal with this. And God's up there going, I can't. Not now, right? Not during this dispensation. Everybody has been given an opportunity. But I'm telling you guys, those days are coming to an end. We're coming to the end of this dispensation. And I don't want anybody that I know to not be told that Jesus took your place. He paid your debt with his life so that you could have his life. God does not want anybody. The Bible is very clear. It's God's will that all men be saved. It, it's heartbreaking to him to see somebody. Could you imagine Jesus seeing these people that for the joy that was set before him, he went to the cross, he died for all of their sin, and yet they're lost because they refuse to give him their life. That's why you have to know you're redeemed so you'll start doing those good works. Start telling people, yeah, well, I, you know, my personality, I just, you know, what, what if I share my faith and somebody asks me a question and I don't know, I'm going to look stupid. Okay, well, just get over yourself, right? Because I'm telling you, God can do a lot with a very little, Amen. right? Let me go read, well, if I just read one more book on evangelism, then I'll start telling somebody about Jesus. Yeah, no. 
because you're probably never going to really learn how to really share your faith until you're doing it. Because then the light will go on and you'll go, oh, it's not about what I say. It's all about the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's awesome, right? It's kind of like you're under, you're under the gun financially and you're just so downtrodden and so beaten up. But I'm telling you, you stay in the word. You keep, you keep meditating in the word. All of a sudden you realize, oh, so it's not about my ability to make money. It's about him. I just need to learn how to reap it, right? I mean, I already, everybody knows how to sow. They just don't do it sometimes, right? Because they want to hold on to it, right? And then when they need it, they go out in their field, if they were a farmer, and they go out in a field to harvest, and they're like, why is there no crop here? Well, brother, you didn't plant any seed. But if you plant seed, and you water it, and you take care of it, you expect that seed to come up multiplied, right? Who, well, who does that? Well, God. He made everything in the earth increase. And, and so when you realize that, you're like, oh, now I get it. God wants me to prosper, so that's why he wants me to learn how to sow. And then when you sow, you got to know you've been redeemed so that you don't sit here and go, well, you know, I'm sowing. I just obey God. I'm just so thankful. But you never reap. We've got a lot of Christians in our circles that, I mean, their fields their fields are yelling at them. You have so much seed in the ground, please harvest some of it, right? Some people are going to get to heaven, they've struggled financially, and they're going to be like, you mean to tell me I had access to all of that? You know, and the Holy Spirit's going to be like, I've been trying to tell you, right? This is why we're preaching on this tonight. You are redeemed. You've been made righteous, Everything that will keep you insecure, guilt, shame, condemnation has been broken. You don't have to deal with any of it. Amen. The blood took care of it so that you could be free to now start growing and prospering. See, 3 John 2 says, beloved, I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health, but it's going to be as your soul prospers. So we're talking about how to get your soul prospering. You've got to get that thing that's one inch underneath your nose. You've got to get it in line. Because that mouth of yours, that tongue, is handing you things. And you may think, well, I'm a pretty positive person. Right? Yeah, just record yourself. Because if you're standing here and you've got chaos all around you, realize that probably your words have been handing you that. And if you'll just... If you'll just come to that realization and go, okay, I'm done. I'm just going to start speaking what the word says. Right? I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. The blessing of Abraham's upon me. You know, he blesses the work of my hands. He's increasing me. His word, literally, the power, the healing Kratos power of God is working and affecting a cure in my body from the tip of my head to the soles of my feet, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So no matter how old I am, oh, my body will age, but I refuse to be weak and sick and in pain because I've been redeemed from that. And when I forget where my keys are, I'm not going to go, oh, well, you know, I'm just getting older. Go, get, go, go hang around a teenager. They forget everything. But, you know, they got it right. They don't even say that. Oh, you know, I'm just getting so old. I'm 12 years old now. No. But Satan will go, look at this, Alzheimer's on the rise, dementia's on the rise, and, and you need to look at that and go, not me. No. Right? My brain has the healing power of God pumping through it my whole life on the earth. So my brain is not going to wear out before my body does. That actually, as I get older, I'm going to get sharper because my mind is being renewed. Right? Now, it's okay if you move a little slower. 
you know, I'm not going to go dunk a basketball on a 10-foot rim anymore. That's all right. In a little bit of time, I'll be able to do that again. Right? Because I'm not going to be physically old for very long. Right? It's so funny. Some pastors never want anybody to know how old they are. Brother, come on. They know you're not 25, okay? Now, I know you have jet black hair, right? And every once in a while, if you get too busy, you got this white line that goes all the way around. Brother, we know you're older, right? It's okay. It's okay. Walk by faith. Be who you are in Christ. Be excited that all of his answers to you are yes. I know I'm being a little funny. I don't know why. The Holy Spirit just gives me some of this stuff. Maybe it's to keep you awake. I understand how hard a Wednesday night is. See, through the blood of his cross, there was a blood covenant made between God and Jesus, and we literally have been included in that. We're included in this covenant. We'll learn a lot more about that on Sunday. But this means that God has decided to see us through the blood, not through our behavior. I can't preach that strong enough. Not through our behavior. He sees you through the blood. Jesus made reconciliation on the cross in Satan's domain, here in the earth. He dealt with it here, right? Satan operates as an outlaw. Jesus didn't. He legally came to this earth and redeemed you. So this forever settled the issue that Satan and his demonic powers have been brought to nothing and they have no power in your life. And I don't care if you haven't taken care of your body for 50 years. Repentance is a beautiful thing. Start following the Holy Spirit now. Right? If you need to change a diet, if you need to start exercising, whatever, do it. But don't put your faith in that, right? You just follow God. Do do in the natural what you need to do. And I don't care if you wore out your liver and your kidneys and your joints and all this other stuff. God can, God could put new ones in there. God could restore the ones that, right? So just work, just, just position yourself outwardly in your behavior, because you're already positioned inwardly in Christ. We've been given authority over Satan, over all the demonic powers, because of redemption, because we've been reconciled to God. Wow. See, Jesus went to the cross. He took upon himself every penalty in the barrier. Now the barrier is only Christ. The only thing standing between you and your healing is Jesus. And guess what? You're in him. Healing is yours. Everything is yours. See, the issue now for every human being on the planet is am I going to accept or reject redemption? For those of us who are born again, am I going to accept or reject redemption? Same thing. For the non-believer who's spiritually dead, what that means is am I going to accept Jesus and give him my life and receive his salvation and be born again, right, or not? For all of us who are born again, am I going to accept all that his redemption has given me? Healing, provision, peace, strength, wholeness in every area, freedom, all of this stuff, am I going to accept that or am I going to reject it? Am I going to believe his word or am I just going to believe the way I feel? Right? I think we, I'm looking at a bunch of people that believe him. Amen. This is so important. And if you'll feed on this, you will get so hungry for it and it'll change your life. If you don't, you'll come to church and you'll hear this and it'll be like a Teflon coating around you and, and it's just like you're just sitting there. You're hearing, you're hearing words of life. I mean, it's amazing how you could hear words of life and one person is just like, yeah. Another person's like, professional word of faith person. Right? Professional carnal word of faith person. 
I'm so proper. You know, right? I look good, but I'm not laying hold of anything. I could quote all the scriptures, but none of them, I'd have revelation of none of them. Why not feed on it and get so incredible hungry that uh, when you're just ravished for the things of God, you don't care what other people think, right? You just want to know him. You're not caught up in, man, I got to meet my bills. And I, no, I just want to know him. And God gets so excited about that because now you're positioned to lay hold of everything. Father, I need this. Father, I messed this up. I need this. And you just keep going. Thank you for it. I thank you for it. I keep going. And he brings it to pass. Could it be that simple? Oh, church, it is that simple. <laughs> Colossians 1, verse 21. Look at this. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. This was us before we were saved. Yet now has he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death. God, the Son, reconciled you as he bore all of your sin, your sin nature. He reconciled you through his flesh for a purpose. What is the purpose? To present you holy, unblameable, unaccusable. That means blameless. That means unaccused. Right? In his sight. Is that something that's going to happen in the future? No, that's right now. When God looks at you, he sees you holy, unblameable, and unaccusable, and Satan doesn't ever want you to know that. When you go to prayer after you haven't prayed for a month, guess what? He sees you holy and unblameable and unaccusable. Why? Because of the massive thing that Jesus did for you. Pastor, I've been blowing it. I've been speaking wrong. I've been doing wrong. I've had no desire for you. I've been disobedient in every area. But now I'm coming to you and I don't even know where to start. Can you help me? He's like, yes, I did my holy unblameable and unaccusable son or my holy unblameable and unaccusable daughter you have my eye you are in my presence nothing can separate you from my love you already possess redemption so now my spirit who's on the inside of you is going to take you by the hand and walk you into all of it but i just don't know what to do it's okay that's why I gave him to you, so that you would know exactly what to do. Oh, could it be that easy? Yes. And when did he reconcile us? Yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. Do you know that word sight? It doesn't mean that God's up in heaven and he's looking down at Leanne and he's like, Leanne, I'm way up here and you're way down there. And I look at you as holy, unblameable, and unaccusable. No, 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 no. No, this word sight in the Greek means in his presence. Why? Because where are you? Well, tonight, temporally, you're sitting in this room. Positionally, you are in Christ, seated right next to the Father in Christ. You are in his presence and you'll never be able to get out of his presence. Wow. This speaks of a righteousness that I didn't produce. See, when this is why you rest your case on the blood. I plead the blood of Christ. What happens? Then the blood speaks of a death that has been taken place for me. And then what happens? Your inheritance is released. So what happens when sickness attacks your body? I plead the blood. Hey, I plead the blood of Jesus over my body. My body doesn't belong to me. My body belongs to him. He redeemed it. I plead the blood. And then what happens is the blood will speak of a death that took place for me. And then my inheritance is released. Healing shows up in my body. It's the way it all works, guys. That's faith. 
And it's all over the Bible. Wow. See, this is what brings you and I into the presence of God without any sense of guilt, shame, condemnation, as if sin never existed. Because in your life, sin never existed. Because your life began when you got born again. And if you look at the Bible born again, listen, when Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, you know in the Greek language, it it literally reads like this, I have been and am crucified with Christ. In other words, I was saved, I am saved, and I'm always being saved. I'm a man without a past. My spirit has no sin. My spirit, I got born again when I was four and a half years old, and my spirit has never sinned one time. It's free from it. Now, have I done sinful or unrighteous behavior? Yes. Why? Because the devil made me do it? No, I chose it. Why did I choose it? Because I didn't renew my mind, and I didn't know some of these things, and I decided to go by my feelings. I decided to, to give, right? So give yourself a break if you've done that. So what that, what that means is everyone in this room, give yourself a break because we've all done that, yes. right? And it looks different in different people because we think in degrees to make ourselves feel better. Well, at least I'm better than that person because, man, they messed up. And no, 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 no. We, were all, we all had a death sentence on our head, right? We're all destined to the same place, but Christ changed all of that. You've got to see yourself As he sees you, through the blood of his cross, God's plan for you was to present you before his presence, holy, unblameable, unaccusable. Wow. Nothing can touch you that the enemy has. Know this. You have so much authority in the name of Jesus. Your kids are going to be okay. Every arena of your life is going to look like the Bible says it will look. The only one that could stop that is you, and don't stop that. Right? Don't buy into this, the lie of this earthly system. God is a spirit And he sees us through our new born-again spirit. See, therefore, these three qualities are in our spirit. Now, you got to get this. Hang with me. God sees us. He's a spirit, so he sees us through our spirit. He doesn't ever, does he ever talk to your mind? No. He talks to your spirit. Why? Because your spirit's one with him. All these three qualities Holy, unblameable, and unaccusable, guess what? They're in your spirit. So if you're only looking for these things in your flesh or in the physical realm, then you're going to be disappointed and you can even be deceived and fall into unbelief that the Lord has really effected a change in your life. This is the game Satan plays. He will look at you and go, okay, yeah, that sounded so good what that guy said tonight. But come on, you're on your way home, but come on, really? Look at what you've done. Look at where you are. And we start looking for holiness, unblameableness, and unaccusableness in our flesh. And we get deceived. Because our behavior doesn't tell me I'm holy. It doesn't tell me I'm unblameable. It tells me it's my fault. It doesn't tell me I'm unaccusable. It tells me, listen, you should be accused because you did that. But don't look, we're not talking about looking at your flesh. You look at what God's done in you, your spirit. And when you do that, it will enable and empower you to walk free from the flesh. And that holiness will start showing up in your life as a result of you not beating yourself up.
Because beating yourself up is what always leads back to more. Right? All, what I'm saying, guys, is you have to see yourself as you really are, not as you seem. This is so important. Wow. Look at this, verse 21. I'm going to read this again, but I'm going to go through now verse 22 and 23. And it says, And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight if, darn it, if you continue in the faith, if, see the word if here makes our holiness blamelessness and unaccusableness conditional on us continuing in the faith. If you don't continue in the faith, guess what? You're walking by sight and you will no longer know that you're holy and blamable and unaccusable and you'll just, well, I just messed up again and the cycle's going to continue. No. This is why the word is telling us this. It says, continue in the faith, grounded. In other words, this word grounded means to lay a foundation. How do you continue in the faith? You lay a foundation. What's the foundation? Revelation of who God is. A revelation of what his, revelation of what his word says. But not only laying a foundation, you're also settled. This word settled means immovable. It gives you a picture of somebody who is so immovable, so established, that they can no longer ever be moved from, where they, they, from knowing who they are in Christ. They can no longer be moved from outward things anymore. You lay a foundation in the word. You meditate in the word day and night. You keep the word in your mouth and in your heart, and it will lay a foundation that you won't have the trouble with the outward stuff. You'll be able to stand immovable and go, no, that is not who I am. I am not the sick trying to get healed. I am not the, the person who's a mess and who's a failure trying to be a success. No, I am in Christ. I am a success, so all this failure has to bow to who I am in Christ. I am the healed. All this sickness has to leave my body and bow. All this poverty and lack, I'm not a poverty and lack person trying to prosper. No, I'm prosperous. Right? Do you know God called Joseph a prosperous man when he was in prison? You know what you own in prison? Nothing. But he was prosperous. And God was able, because he kept his heart right, he was able to go from prison to second in command in the most powerful nation on the planet, and God is no respecter of persons. In other words, God will do for you. He'll take you right where you are and put you right where you're supposed to be. It doesn't mean you're going to be second in command in the most powerful nation because that's not your, God's plan for your life, but he'll put you right where you're supposed to be, and that's freedom, prospering, and joy and peace, restored life, all of these things. So important. If you continue in the faith and, and um, faith grounded and settled and be, and, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. See, if you don't move away from the word, wow, you can't be moved. And not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, I'm a minister. Wow. Isn't that good news? I want to read one scripture to you as we close. Because, guys, God is able to make me stand. He's able to keep me from falling, right? He's able to save me to the uttermost. He's able to meet every need that I have. Psalm 55, 22, I want to read this to close tonight. Psalm 55, 22 says this, cast your burden upon the Lord. Cast, that means to get rid of it, throw it, 
Throw what? Your burden. What does that word in the Hebrew language burden mean? Anything that is bothering you, troubling you, anything you're worried about. You're not to worry about anything, you're to cast it. Sounds a lot like Philippians 4, 6. Don't be anxious for anything. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Cast your burden upon the Lord and he shall, not sometimes, always, sustain you. This word sustain means he will keep you in him. He will maintain you. He will guide you. He will bear you. He will nourish you. He will make provision for you. What do you need? Whatever you need, you cast that burden on the Lord and he will make provision for you. You want God to make provision for you, right? And then he says this, he shall never suffer, that word means allow, the righteous to be moved. Do you have your shouting clothes on? God, your father says, I will never let you be moved. This means, this word, Hebrew word moved means to be, he'll never allow you to be shaken. He will never allow you to slip. Have you ever slipped? Right? He will never allow you to fall. That's what this Hebrew word means. He will never allow you to be removed. And he'll never allow you to be carried off your course. Why? Because you are giving him every burden. That's the road to freedom. Tonight, I want to encourage you. When you go home, the Spirit of God, the presence of Almighty God, the peace of God is going to be all over you, and he's going to be talking to you very gently. I want you to lay this down. I want you to take this concern. I want you to take all, whatever it is, and I want you to give it to me once and for all, and I will sustain you and I'll never let you be moved. I'll see you through. I'll make provision for you, and I'll never let anything knock you off course again. In other words, when you cast the burden on him, guess what? He works. God can't work on something if you're working on it. Because he, he would have to violate your will. He'd have to snatch it out of your hand to do it. Now, now, what I'm talking about is going to make your flesh a little bit uncomfortable because you're never going to be able to whine anymore, <laughs> complain. You're going to not be able to, oh, you know, Satan is just all over me. No, you can't do that anymore, right? Oh, just, you know, Satan is just, he's sifting me. Uh, no, no, he's way under your feet. Your mind, your mind is just... You're walking in your mind. You're, you're refusing God, so you're opening the door and saying, come on, I know you have no power, but just mess up my life. You can't be in faith if you have a whine in your voice, right? No more whining. No more complaining. Change it and start declaring and see what God will do. Amen.